might not, might not have known I was here, but I was upstairs for years. Nobody, you guys might not have seen me, but I've been here. So tonight, I've got a message, and it's not long, and you, it, I'm not going to fill no clock, but I'm going to give you what, what the Lord's gave me. And I hope that, uh, I hope that it inspires you, and I hope we can grow from it. So uh, I want to start out by asking you all, who's in the driver's seat of your life tonight? What desires dictate your schedule and the things you do each day? Is it your job? Is it your friends? Is it your family? Hobbies or your sports or addictions or money? Maybe it's a reputation to uphold. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's stubbornness. All those things can keep us from serving God. But there's something inside of each and every one of us that leads us in our direction, in our lives, and each of our lives will reveal it. If you all will, turn with me to Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15. And I'll stand if you're willing and if you're able, and we'll read God's Word here. Joshua 24, 14, verse 15. Turn to the wrong page. When y'all get there, say amen, and we'll begin reading. So in Joshua 24, 14, and 15. Is everybody there? <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay, I want to read it here. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everybody, if you will, bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to come tonight, Lord. Lord, me, myself, I don't have the words to say to these people. I'm not, I'm not worthy to say it, Lord, but use me tonight. Use me as your mouthpiece and, and give me the words to say, Lord. And I pray that every, everyone that hears the word tonight, Lord, that they apply it to their life. And Lord, send your spirit to convict their hearts, Lord. May we all grow from it and may we all be a better witness for you. I know this message, Lord, you, you gave to me so I could deliver to them, and, and I appreciate you for that. We ask that you would bind any evil spirit here, Lord, and may we uh, focus only on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we become Christians at the point of our salvation, and we ask God to, to save us from our sins, the Bible tells, tells us we're to put on a new man. If, if, we, if we accepted Jesus as our, in our life and we're still living the same way we, have, we used to live, that should, draw, that should throw a red flag because the Bible tells us to put on a new man. It says to pick up your cross and follow him. For it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. 
when, when people see us, they should see Jesus in us now. They shouldn't see the old, the old Phil that used, to, that used to be, the old you. Now, when we're walking daily in our life, they should see the Jesus in us, right? If you know Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is in you. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know what God's calling me to do. Or, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel led. Well, if you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit's in you. The Holy Spirit's who guides us. He's who teaches us. He's who calls us. You know, he's who convicts us, influences us in every way. You know, there's a feeling inside that tells us right from wrong. And you better listen to it. That's the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention. He's calling us to do something. And what I want you to do tonight is to examine your hearts and be sure that you aren't running from God. Be sure that you're not running from God. He is calling you to do something. Even as a saved individual or even as a lost individual, God's calling each and every one of us to do something. Whether you're saved or whether you're not. And if you're not saved, tonight's the time. Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 38. Jesus tells us, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He says, pray ye therefore... The Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into, into the harvest. I prayed that prayer one Wednesday night. And I said, Lord, the world's in bad shape. Send us workers. Send us workers and the willing people to do your work. We, you, guys have been, you guys have been out in the world as much as I have. You know that we need God to send somebody to get the attention of the people. Right? I believe he answered I believe he answered that prayer to me. You, know, you want to know what he said? And he said, Brother Dan, he said, Son, what are you waiting on? You know, that's my calling. So the reason I'm standing before you tonight is God told me, he said, Go tell my people. Go tell people about Jesus. You know? Go tell the world about a man named Jesus and what he's done for me. I'm not, I'm not the most qualified person to stand before you and speak. But what, what's the saying? God don't call the equip, he equips the called. And if you're willing to stand up and serve him, he's with you. He won't leave you. You know, his calling for you may not be the same as mine. But if you're a child, if you're a child of God, he's asking you to work for him to further his kingdom. If you don't feel like you've been called to do something, you need to look. You need to search. Every one of us, every one of us have a testimony that we can share. We all have, we've all been called to serve. And it may not be the same. You may not get up here and speak. But God's calling you to do something. We need to get honest with ourselves and quit trying to control our own lives and do what God calls us to do. He's speaking, but are we listening? We all, well, a lot of times we pray for God to send me an answer. He'll say, we'll say, show me, show me thy ways, Lord. But are we listening? He will show you. You know, in, in Romans 12 and 6, it's, it tells us, we all have different gifts according to the grace that is given to us. You may be called to sing. You may be called to preach. You may be called to pray. You may be called to witness or, or, or give or show love or take out the trash. Only you, know, only you and God know what he's wanting you to do. But he is calling you to do something. For years, I sat up in that balcony. I sat up there where JJ's at, and I, I hid. I hid. I tried to, uh, I tried to pretend everything was all right. I was in church. I was doing okay. That, that, I pretended, but God got my attention, and I'm thankful He did. But be sure that what we find ourselves doing is for the kingdom of God, 
and not for anything else. You know, the time is at hand here. Everybody, everybody, if you'll notice, there's a movement back to the church. The time is at hand here, and there's a sense of urgency. We've got to tell the lost people about Jesus. That's our, that's our goal as a Christian. It, it's not to keep the pew warm. I did a good job at that for a long time. I didn't do anything. I, I did a church attendance. You could, you could count me for that. But I wasn't worshiping. I, I, I wasted many years. If you grow a garden or you're, or, you, or you're a crop farmer, you know the harvest is only good for a short amount of time. There's only a window of time you're going to have to reach lost people as well. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. For the end is at hand. You know, eventually, if, you're gar- if you put out a good garden, it can be a good garden, but you come uh, about October or November, the, the garden's no good no more. You're, you're not, you're not going to be able to harvest anything from it. Well, God gives us the amount of time to do our work in, too. He's calling you to do something, and it's not, it's not tomorrow. It's right now. You will only have a, a limited amount of time to do what God's called us to do. And Isaiah, back in Isaiah in 6, now, who's going to tell my people? And he says, here I am, Lord. Send me. You know, Satan will give us many opportunities to distract ourselves from hearing or doing the Lord's calling. And they may not always seem that bad. You, you, might, you, might, you might think Satan's always got evil. Well, it's not necessarily looking bad. It, it, did you know that attending church can be a distraction? That's hard, to, that's hard to understand, but I attended church for a long time, and I was distracted. I was confused. Um, let me share with you. I grew up here in Bible Baptist Church, and I was a product of uh, Scott Staten and Don Staten. And I thought a lot of them men, and they weren't ashamed of God. Anytime they had a chance to tell you about God, that's what they was going to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. And I've learned a lot from them, even though at one, point my, at one time in my life, you couldn't tell that. But now, I, I remember the things that I used to say, and, and I'm thankful for that. But I was saved early in life, and, uh, and I was a faithful member here. And as years went on, I found myself sitting up in the balcony or in the furthest cubbyhole, away from the preacher. You know, I had good intentions while attending church here, but there's a key word I said, and that's attending. And that's all I was doing. I wasn't serving the Lord. It became more of a... For me, it was more of a social gathering. I would talk to Dad, see what he was doing through the week, or Steve, or whatever. And uh, it was just a place to get caught up on what had been going on throughout the week. And it wasn't really... I was missing the point, you know. I wasn't coming to church to worship the Lord. I was coming to church because to be seen in the eyes of public, oh, it feels all right. He, he's at church, you know. Or, or it's just a... My family was here. It was a good time to socialize, you know. But as I got caught up... And pretending to go to church, I was going. I was going through the motions of being a Christian and attending church. But even though Philip Bourne was not worshiping the Lord, Satan had me tricked into thinking because I was at church, everything was okay and I was fine. And I and thank God he finally got my attention and 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 he said, "Son, take up thy cross and follow me." God showed me I had work to do, and just church attendance wasn't cutting it anymore. My growth with the Lord was stale. I wasn't even growing. Actually, I was, I was just attending. But I was hungry for the Lord and for the Word of God. But I wasn't putting in the work. What's the Bible say about a man that don't work? Man don't work, man don't eat. Is that right? For even when we were with you, 
If any would not work, neither should he eat. So there was a hunger for the Lord. And, and that there was a void. And no matter what I tried to fill, I was never satisfied with it. Whether it be a hobby, whether it be something on TV, whatever. I tried putting that in the place of the Lord, and I, there was just a void. Yeah, and I couldn't feel it no matter what it was. So what it took for me to find peace in my heart was to, was to hit the altar. Uh, that's when I learned to pray. I put down the prideful image of myself, and I said, here I am, Lord, use me. And in the last year, I've been drawn, I've been drawn to God closer than I've ever been. I felt led to speak at a few churches here and there from time to time. They'll call and ask me, and uh, I'm not ashamed to share the gospel anymore. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say there ain't a better man for it, but God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to look good doing it. I'm not going to try to sound good doing it. I'm going to tell, tell you what God gives me. So, do um, you know how hard it is for a back, a back pew Baptist to go from the back seat to behind the pulpit? Yeah, it's hard, I tell you. <laughs> but at, during these times, you know, I've, I've had to really trust in the Lord each and every time, but I always remember where he leads me, he's already been there. He's with me, and he will not leave me or forsake me, so don't be afraid. So when God calls you to do something, it may seem impossible, but what, what's him, what did the kids just sing? He makes a way when there is no way. We've got to do God's will, not Phil's will, not your will. And our interest in life should be motivated by what God wants us to do. As Christians, we have to keep that mentality so that we can be brave enough to witness, you know, to lost souls, to the world, to show Jesus while facing the devil. Many of the church, many church, uh, the members, myself included at one time, they'll claim that they'll stand for God even at the gates of hell. They're, ain't, they're not going to back down. That's a bold statement. Will you stand and share your testimony? That's where I was at. I said I would do something, but then God called me to do it, and I was shying away. It's easy to give in to the pleasures of myself and just avoid the awkwardness, avoid what God wanted me to do. But when he tells you to do something, you better, you better do it. Chastisement's from the Lord, and I know a little about it. So if, if we're willing to say we're going to follow God, but then when he calls us to do such little things, maybe, maybe, some, maybe somebody asks you to pray. Maybe you just need to sing a special or whatever God. I can't tell you what God's calling you to do. Only you and God can. Whether you be praying, make a home visit, or pray over your food in public, God's got something for you to do and only you know it. Only you and God know it. But now, I will say this. I found out. He's always calling, but are we listening? I didn't always listen. In Genesis, God asked Abraham to offer up his son, you know, his son Isaac for an offering. As Abraham was tested, uh, he proved himself willing to obey God. As a father, that would be hard for me to do, to give up my son. Even though God asked him to do it, that would be hard for me to do. He set forth to sacrifice his son just as he was, will, just as he was asked to do. And when he was willing, God stopped him and provided a lamb stuck in the thicket instead. And God ain't always asking us to do something Super crazy, even though we feel like he might be. Sometimes he's just asking us to do the small stuff. Show a little kindness. 
We're not always we're not always asked to be as courageous as Abraham was here. But I guarantee you God has placed a call on each of our lives. Who do you allow to control? Do you, do you allow yourself to control? Or do you allow God to control? There's a lot more peace when you allow God to control, I'll tell you. I, I, I myself have found out. Someone might say, Brother Phil, you know, what's me singing a song or praying in time of need or witnessing others, sharing a testimony? Why Something seems so little. What's that have to do with you or me or someone else being obedient to God or others? You know, everyone, everyone in here has ever went camping or maybe they even heat with wood. But anybody ever try to build a fire? You understand if you try to light some of the larger pieces of wood that's never been processed or split down into small pieces, you try to start that fire in the middle of those large logs, your chances of getting a fire is going to go pretty weak. You're not going to, get, you're not going to have much success getting a fire going. It's not going to take off very well, but if you'll break in those pieces into smaller pieces, in, in little small pieces of kindling, and you place them really tight together and you break them down, you're going to have a better opportunity of starting the fire you was after. The whole bundle of wood is going to take off. They'll feed from one piece unto the next, and eventually larger, and the more stubborn pieces of wood that, used to, that struggled to be light before, they're going, to be, they're going to be on fire, and they're going to be putting out some heat. So our small songs or our prayers or our movements, the Lord has laid on our hearts. That don't seem so significant always. But they need to be done because they're the kindling that would set off a, a revival here at church. That they have to be done. But if we're not willing to get out of God's way and say, I will do it. I will sing a song. I will pray. I will go make a home visit. I will visit people. If we're not willing to do that, we're not going to experience survival. We've got to get out of God's way and let him have it. All because of the small steps of obedience. So we have to keep our eyes open, keep our faith strong, but look for God's calling in each of our lives. And, and, but here's the thing. He will call you. But don't ignore it. It's, it's a, it would have been a lot easier for me today. And I said, Brother Darren, I ain't going to make it. <laughs> you know, it would have been a lot easier. But I'm past that point. I'm over it. I've got something to say. I want to tell people about Jesus and what he's done for me. There's, there's a game we play in uh, youth group. Uh, everybody knows Simon Says. Well, we call it Jesus Says. It's, Jesus Says, touch your nose. Jesus says, raise your left hand, and so on. Y'all know how to play. Well, this is a good example of how we need to be living our life. You know, if we don't pay attention to what the instructions are and who they're actually coming from, how do we know what we're going to be told to do? What's God asking you to do? When, when God places someone in our presence every day, it should be priority to bring up Jesus to them in some way, some way or fashion, and let God lead you from there. We, we all have to be a, a witness, a living testimony. But we've all got these our individual jobs to do. But it's up, up to us to search our hearts and find out what he's calling. But think of it this way. God doesn't need you in order to perform his miracles. But he does ask you to do these things in order to test your faith. Or, or your willingness to serve him. We say we'll serve him. We come to church on Sundays. We're here. But are we really serving him? He chooses you and me. And he chooses us to work for him, which is an honor for me because I know that I'm, I'm not worthy. I would say many of us are saying the same thing. But one day, you know, are you going to hear, well done, my faithful servant, or are you going to wish 
that you'd listen and you had more faith. We Christians have been bought with a price. Everybody knows how we've been paid for, right? Son, the Son of God. That's who paid for my sins. When God looks down at me, I don't want him to see Philip Morey. I want him to see the blood of Jesus. Is that what you think? When, so when we're, we Christians have been bought with a price, and we're not our own. It's up to each individual person to show ourselves approved and search for the will of our Father. And when he speaks, we must go. I can't imagine how many times I've let God down by sitting on the pew and just keeping it warm. Many times. I didn't even realize I was running from the Lord. I, it wasn't intentional. I didn't even realize I was running from him. But where did I find God at? At the altar, waiting for prideful Phil to repent and let God have control of his life. And that takes us back to the opening verse. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Maybe everything's okay with you. Maybe you and God are okay. Or maybe you're pretending it's okay. But the best thing we can do is get honest with our situation, cry out before the Almighty God, and allow Him to have total control of our life before we miss out on His blessings. Me and Courtney teach youth group now there at uh, Pauper Grove. And we've had the opportunity... It, anything you do for the Lord's always kind of... You're kind of hesitant because you don't want to mess up or you don't want to let nobody down or you don't want to misquote the Bible. You want to teach. But I tell you what, we've had the opportunity to... to that a few people has come to confess that the Lord's their Savior since we've been teaching them. And that, that's what it's about for us. If I had sat in that pew and kept it warm, think how, many, think how many kids that wouldn't have known. Think how many times that I would just let the Lord pass me by. And for me, it's worth it. Uh, it the only thing I got to say is I've been there sitting still when God's called me to go. And for, for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And thank you guys for allowing me to come tonight. So if you would, bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for this, for this hard message that, that you've seen our way, Lord. It's not always easy following you, Lord, but, but we have to be willing. We have to put down whatever we're hanging on to, our prideful our prideful ourself, Lord. We have to let go and let you have it. And Lord, we know that there's blessings that come when there is. Our rewards are not on this earth, Lord, but they're in heaven. And we ask you, Lord, that continue to use me, continue to use everybody in this church. We pray for this church, Lord. That We, tra- we pray for revival in this church that it would break out and, and the members of this church get out of the way, Lord, and, and let you have it. May we put down anything that's holding us back, any, anything that's for us, is not for you, Lord. We want, to, we want to lay down our life and give it to you. And we, we pray that anybody in this room, Lord, that don't know you, Lord, that we pray that they would come to know you tonight, step out on faith and, and, and forget what's holding them back. We ask that any member here, Lord, would, would, would apply herself. And, and, Lord, if we're going to work, we want to work and then you bless it. And we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.